You are listening to the weekly podcast of Impact Worship Center in Mableton, Georgia. We pray you enjoy today's message. That's what you want, then that's cool. But I needed someone who didn't just have a behind, but who possessed a mind. And when I first met her, I first met her, it was, I believe, a Thursday around 7 o'clock p.m. It was a blind date at the Cheesecake Factory. I traveled to West Palm Beach, Florida from Jacksonville, Florida. And when she stepped outside of her 2012 brand new BMW, closed the door, shook her hair from side to side, and sashay across the street I said to myself if that's not Tanya whoever that is is who I came to meet what I said most that's what I said most that's what I said and when she came through those doors I said are you Tanya yes I am I said you are beautiful she also said I'm smart too and what I'm talking about right now I, I understand that Thank you, baby, for trusting me. Thank you for believing in my vision. Thank you for following my leadership. Thank you for not trivializing and complicating my calling. And I promise you, when God blesses me, baby, he's going to bless you just like that. You keep the checkbook. I'm good. Just make sure the lights stay on, all right? I love you. Can you all celebrate the greatest gift other than the Holy Ghost that I've ever received in my life? Lady Tanya Jones. Love you, baby. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, listen, turn your Bibles to the gospel as recorded by St. Mark. The gospel as recorded by St. Mark. Amen, amen, amen. Chapter 9, St. Mark chapter 9. Give me that volume, sir, please. Mark chapter 9. And I'm going to read verses 14 through 24 until you hear it. When you have it, say amen. If you need more time, say, Pastor, wait a minute. We got a good class today, a good class on today, a good class on today. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 reads, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people, were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him and he asked the scribes what are you discussing with them then one of the crowd answered and said teacher I brought you my son who have a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him it throws him down he foams at the mouth gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. 
he answered him and said oh faithless generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i bear with you bring him to me then they brought him to him and when he saw him immediately the spirit convulsed him he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth so he asked the father how long has this been happening to him and he said from childhood and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us Jesus said to him if I can do anything uh, if thou canst believe all things are possible to him who believes immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears Lord I believe but help my unbelief Lord I believe but help my unbelief on this morning as Holy Spirit shall guide I'm going to derive our theme and topic from this literal text where this desperate father cries out from the depth of his soul Lord I believe please help my unbelief don't look at your neighbor on the left or to the right lift up your head towards the hills from with coming your help and with all of the passion with all of the volume with all of the conviction you can muster up open up your mouth and say Lord I believe but help my unbelief oh you can do better than that open up your mouth and say Lord I believe say please help my unbelief you may be seated in the presence and the power of our risen Lord. Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. This prayer prayed by a father of a demon-possessed boy has to be the most honest, and non-religious prayers ever recorded in scripture it is honest in that it expresses the humanistic tendency to doubt it is non-religious in that it abandons the posture of pompous piety and the perception of perfection because religious people want you to think that they have it all together their salvation is often based on their self-righteousness rather than the grace, mercy, and righteousness of God. But I came to tell you on today, Scripture says, all of our righteousness is as a filthy rag before God. Paul writes in Romans 7 and 18, For I know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. 
Yes, the Spirit of God lives in me, but my flesh has a memory. Uh, I, I don't do it anymore simply because I didn't enjoy it or I forgot how to do it. No, my, my, my flesh, my flesh has a memory. My flesh has a tendency to go against the will of God. Therefore, I need the power and the grace of God to hold my flesh in check, preventing me from damaging my witness. I need his help. Deacon Evans, I need his mercy. Lawanda, I need his grace. Impact Nation, I need not my righteousness, but I need him to put his righteousness on me. Scripture says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we may be declared the righteousness of God. Open up your mouth and say, there's no good thing found in me. You mess around and catch me on the wrong day, you may hear some words you didn't think I even knew how to say. Is there anybody in this place who thanks God for grace? You thank God for mercy if it had not been for the power of God operating in your life with your little saved self, you would have cussed everybody out. You ain't stopped cussing before you because you forgot how to cuss. You stopped cussing because the power of God prohibits you and prevents you from letting certain things come out your mouth. Y'all better be real. Do I have at least two people who can say bishop if you catch me on the wrong day i admit i have to have holy ghost stand up real tall in me because sometimes these folk get on my nerve sometimes these folk agitate me is there anybody in this place who thanks god for grace you thank god for mercy you know mercy is grace on steroids because grace is unmerited favor but mercy is unmerited favor in the face of an offense. Grace is simply me desiring to do something nice for you. But mercy is me still doing something nice for you even after you spit in my face. Ain't nobody but God can do that. I ain't there yet. If there anybody in this place who can stand up on your feet and say, Bishop, I ain't there yet. That's why I need grace. That's why I need mercy. That's why every now and then I need the Holy Ghost to stand, to sit down on me before my flesh stands up say neighbor every now and then I need the Holy Ghost to sit on me because my flesh wants to stand up and when that flesh stands up it always shows out but when the Holy Ghost sits on you his power is able to flow through you open up your mouth and say Holy Ghost sit on me and then work on my behalf now sit down, you're pushing me to a place I ain't trying to be yet. Come on, sit down, sit down. With the reality of his faith on the line, this father of a demon-possessed boy has a very honest, transparent, non-religious human moment and cries out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yes, I know, we love and believe God, but there is an undesired portion within each of us known as the flesh, our innate, carnal, contrary, and sinful nature that has the tendency to doubt what God is willing and able to do. But on today, if there be any doubt, our prayer is that God will take it out. Can you open up your mouth and pray that prayer, not just for your neighbor, but for yourself as well? Open up your mouth and say, God, if there be any doubt, 
on today, I need for you to take it out. Come on, y'all, sit it in concert and say it like you mean it. Say, God, on today, if there be any doubt, I need for you to take it out. Doubt that God will save your children. Doubt that God will bless your marriage. Doubt that God will bless your family. Doubt that God will heal your body. Doubt that God will bless your finances. Doubt that God will prosper your business. Doubt that God will give you a great anointing. Doubt that God will enhance your prayer life. God, if there be any doubt on today, my prayer is that you will take it out. Lord, I believe, but please touch thou my unbelief. You must understand, beloved, when we learn how to stand in truth and transparency, God will cause us to triumph. When we learn how to stand in truth and transparency, God will cause us to triumph. We spend so much time lying to ourselves and others that we no longer understand the value and the necessity of truth. Without truth, there can be no freedom. Without truth, there can be no freedom. Jesus said in John 8 32 and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free that's why we have so many people enslaved today because they have created what they call subjective truth you don't have a truth you have an experience the law was given unto us by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life if you're going to get to the Father, you've got to come through me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need truth in your life. You can't find truth on CNN. You can't find truth on Fox News. God knows you can't find it there. You can't find truth on CNBC. You can't find truth even on the local news because on the local news, they try to paint the picture that only people that look like you and me commit crime. Oh, God help me. You can't find truth on TikTok. You can't find truth on Instagram because you got some folks sitting next to you who lie on Instagram because they use filters. People are lying to us every day. And the problem is in the latter days, men will prefer to believe lies rather than the truth. The one place you are guaranteed to experience truth, Brittany, is in the word of God. Family, family, family. In our text, Peter, James, and John have come down from the high mountain of transfiguration where Jesus has just revealed his deity and his destiny. His deity, the Son of God. His destiny to die on Calvary's cross to redeem us from all our self-inflicted sins. Watch this. Watch the text. He comes down from this high place and immediately he has to deal with the low devil. He's on the mountain of transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and he's revealing to them his deity and his destiny. And as soon as Dana, he comes down from that high place, he has to deal with a low devil. I, 
that, that's something that we should pay attention to because when you come down from your high place, you should expect to deal with a low devil. Understanding that the devil comes twice. He comes right before God blesses you and he comes right after God blesses you. He comes before God blesses you to distract your faith. He comes after God blesses you to discourage your faith. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 God will not allow us to be ignorant of the enemy's schemes or his devices. We understand that he comes before for the miracle because he wants to distract us he comes after the miracle because he wants to discourage us do i have anybody who can wave your hands and say on oh, today my faith is not distracted my faith is not discouraged my faith is determined is there anybody in this house you have determined faith is there anybody in this house your faith is hyperactive it keeps on going like the energizer bunny yes you've been discouraged yes you You've been let down yes you've been lied on but there's something on the inside of you that keeps pushing you forward there is something that won't let you give up is there anybody in this place who can say I'm not gonna be weary in my well-doing for in due season I'm gonna reap if I think not is there anybody in this place who can wave your hands and say no weapon formed against me has been given permission to prosper I'm gonna keep on praying I'm gonna keep on pushing I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on quoting scripture. I'm going to keep on serving. I'm going to keep on supporting. I'm going to keep on sowing. Because when it's all said and done, God is going to do what he promised. Slap your neighbor high five and say yes. When it's all said and done, my determined faith will make it. Determined faith. Most men and women don't succeed because they're destined to they succeed because they're determined to what are you made of why are you always crying when you were in the world you were a soldier now you're saved and you're soft can't take nothing please pray for me because I'm dealing with church hurt Oh, they hurt me so bad. I just, I didn't think that they would do me like that. I just, what about what you did? What about the lie you told? What about the fact that you don't give nothing but expect everything? I ain't going to say that because I'll make you mad. But yeah, I am. I'm going to say it. I'm gonna, you here today. Even up to me, oh, sometimes. It was up to me, I would make all non-tithers come in and sit Indian style. Suck up all the air. Complain the most. Demand everything and give nothing. Look at your neighbor. Help me preach, baby. Look at your neighbor and say, yes, you ought to be thankful we let you in here today if you don't give nothing. Put your hands together because I need some help. Some folk just got mad at me. <laughs> the same ones always talking about the church should do more don't do nothing for the church come on say I believe come on don't, don't stay with me say I believe <gasps> Peter 
Jesus comes down from the mountain and they meet up with the other disciples and they found them engulfed and entangled in a controversy with the scribes. Now the scribes were a Jewish group who were legalistic or religious, but they had no legitimate relationship with God through faith. Jesus comes and he in essence says, what's all the noise? Scribes, why are you bringing all this smoke to my home? Then the Bible says, there was a man in the crowd who said, Jesus, I brought my dumb, text says, mute or deaf son to you, but you weren't here. So I asked your disciples to cast out this devil, and they couldn't do it. So that's what the scribes were arguing with the disciples about. They were trying to disvalue the power of Jesus because he had weak representation. My question to you is, how many arguments have you caused about God not being real because you have misrepresented his power? people have you caused not to believe in his power because you got weak faith Jesus says you faithless generation not just the disciples in general but the generation at large thinking you don't need him when it is in him that we live move and have our being oh you faithless generation he says how long shall I put up with you how long shall I suffer you? He says, he says, bring me the boy. He says, don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Because even when you come to the church, your goal shouldn't be to get to the pastor. Your goal shouldn't be to get Lady T. Your goal should be to get to Jesus. So, so when you encounter someone in the church that misrepresents him, you won't get mad and leave. You will just wait until he shows up. Because whenever he shows up, he always shows out and he exceeds your greatest expectation now unto him who's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all I can ever ask or think according to the power that's working in me. Look at your neighbor and say, your weak faith ain't going to run me off. I'm going to stand still and wait on Jesus. Oh, Jesus expresses his frustration with people who are around him but don't know him. Around him, Stovall, but are ineffective. Come to church but have no power. Come to church but have no faith. Jesus says, bring the boy to me. Bible says, they brought the boy to Jesus. And he began to convulse or have somewhat of a seizure. They brought the boy to Jesus and the demons begin to cut up. When the devil knows he's about to get cast out, he'll always begin to cut up. Why? Because supernatural advancement 
create satanic agitation. So, so this is a word for everybody who seems to have heightened satanic activity taking place in your life. It's because he understands his time has come and he's about to be cast out because you're about to come up. Look at them and say, neighbor, the enemy is about to be cast out because I'm about to come up. I'm about to come up in my relationship. I'm about to come up in my money. I'm about to come up in my mentality. I'm about to come up in my ministry. I'm about to come up on my job. Satan is about to be cast out because God has anointed me to come on up. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to come on up. If you ain't going to do it like I'm going to do it, don't do it at all. Say, neighbor, it's time for me to come on up. Come on up out of sickness. Come on up out of poverty. Come on up out of depression. Come on up. Come on up. Open up your mouth and say, come on up. I felt that in my spirit. This ain't for everybody. But if you know you've been faithful over a few things and it's time for God to make you rule over many, jump up on your feet and say, it's my season to come on up. Open up your mouth and say, it's my season to come on up. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Say, come on up. I'm trying to behave because we have guests. Y'all sit down, sit down. Open up your mouth and say, yeah. The devil is agitated. Because I'm about to come on up. He's cutting up in my marriage because God's about to bless me. He's cutting up in my money, but God's about to bless me. Y'all ain't talking. He's cutting up in my children, but God's going to save every one of them. He's cutting up on my job, but if that devil ain't careful, God will fire everybody who's bothering me and make me the head, make me the boss. Is there anybody in this place who want to give God praise for the anointed come up? Give him glory one more time. You can't praise him enough. Since he was a child, 
Mikey says, if you, if you can do anything, help me and help him. Help him because he got the demon and help him because his demon getting on my nerves. Is there anybody in this place that maybe you can't say amen too loud because maybe you sit next to that person? So just look straight ahead, let me. If there's anybody in this place who needs God to show up, not necessarily for you, but for somebody you connected to who's getting on your nerve because the demon is in them, say, Lord, help him. Help her, because in helping them, you help me. I didn't know they was crazy when I married them. I didn't know that when I had children, I was going to have some sleepless nights. I didn't know that saying yes to me would put me on the enemy's hit list. Because you do know Saying yes comes with a price. Because devil ain't going to pay you no attention as long as you're working for him. That's why, that's, why, that's why when things are going too smoothly, you need to check and see if you're in faith or not. Because the enemy is not interested in people who are not moving forward or in people who are satisfied with the status quo. Uh-oh, but as soon as you begin to please God, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you can't say that you have faith if you're not doing something. Because faith without works is. Faith without works is. Faith without works is. So if you're dead, the enemy has already funeralized you. He's looking for people who have a living faith made evident by them taking action. Do I have anybody in the house on today? You're ready to prove that you have faith not just by your words, but by your actions, by your deeds. If you have that type of active faith, open up your mouth and scream, my faith is alive. Come on, say, my faith is alive. If you can do anything, Lord, help me. Jesus says, if I can do anything, the only reason that you brought him to me was because you already had an inclination of my resume. You heard about me feeding thousands with two fish, five biscuits. You heard about me raising up the dead. You, 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 you heard about me opening the eyes of those who are blind. So, so my power ain't on trial. Your faith is. I can't tell somebody who's sitting out there who's doubting God. The problem ain't his power. The power is your lack of faith. He said, no. No, my faith ain't on trial. My power ain't on trial. Your faith is. And he says, if you can believe, because all things are powerful to the one who believes. But listen, y'all, I want to 
talk this text from a different angle that may be a little different from what you have grown accustomed over your years of English church. On today, I pass no judgment on this daddy. I pass no judgment on this father. Why? Because of the intensity of the pain. The demon makes him hurt himself. And the longevity of the struggle since he was a child. The father's faith was frail, fractured, and faltering. Just like I passed no judgment on this father, I passed no judgment on you. Because you've been waiting a long time. You've been fighting hard and it seems like things are getting worse. They lied to you. They betrayed you and you prayed about it and God told you he was going to fix it. But the intensity of the pain and the longevity of the struggle may have caused your faith to become frail, fractured, and faltering. But this man in the text, the Bible says, Emma, he cries out, Lord, I believe, but touch, help, or take away my unbelief. This is so powerful because he's saying, God, I don't just give you my faith. I also give you my doubt. This ain't for everybody, but do I have one or two people? I know you may be the head deacon. I know you may be a missionary. I know you may be an elder. I know you may have been in the church for 25 years, but is there anybody in this place on today who can have a moment of transparency, who can say, Lord, I believe, but because it's been so intense, because I waited for so long, my faith is frail, my faith is fractured, my faith is faltering. Lord, I believe, but on today, touch my unbelief. I don't just give you my faith I also give you my doubt Lord if there be any doubt my prayer is that you would take it out yeah. Lord I believe but help my unbelief get rid of the portion in me that wants to doubt what you are willing and able to do Lord I don't just give you my faith also give you my doubt lord if you find any doubt please take it out this is important because we cannot forget that god's intention for the delay is to develop your character not destroy your faith god why is it taking so long i thought i would have been here by now or there by now. God's intention for the delay is to develop your character, not destroy your faith. And sometimes when God wants to strengthen your faith, he will stretch your flesh. Maybe this is too heavy for him so far. Do I have anybody whose flesh is being stretched? 
I'm going to come down here and talk to my real section. Deacon Evans, you must be going through something because you're saying amen real good today. Is there anybody who is in a flesh-stretching season? See, often God will stretch your flesh when he's trying to strengthen your faith. And the bigger the blessing, the bigger the stretching. If you're being stretched much, you're going to have much. I'm going to say it again on this side. If you're being stretched much, you're going to have much. You know, you know, when my wife was pregnant with Tiana, her belly began to grow. I'm trying to teach you now how to deal with the stretching. Now, Emma, her belly began to grow. And I heard that if you did not put oil on the growth areas, once the birth is over, there'll be some stretch marks. Now, I ain't hating on nobody that have them. God bless you. We love you. You're still fine. But I didn't want her to have any stretch marks on her belly. So every night, I would rub her belly with oil. And when she dropped out too, there was no evidence that it had ever been there. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.